Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. Uh, he is a local conservative, mayor of Shemokin Dam, natural-born listener, uh, but and a lover of President Trump's divisive tweets. So we're appreciating him coming in today. That's like more of those. I need more tweets. <laughs> yes, uh, call more people <laughs> names. We need more world leaders and local. Leaders to what be was it that, um, what's his name, is accused of calling women a horse-faced lesbians? lesbians yeah, right. right. Okay. You want more of that, huh? No, I think that's bad. He, yeah. he didn't. He did that directly. He didn't tweet that. He called them that directly. So. <laughs> right right to her face. All right. one 800 Another stellar night, by the way. <laughs> I know. The Democrats were, they were uh, yelling at each other last night. Yeah, we'll so we can talk that. about that. Yeah, we'll get to now, it. We are on the mark now. On the mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at Sunbury. Motors.com. Uh, in a moment, our toll-free line will be open. You can call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. That you can do now. And you can text us at 70236. The Sunbury Motor Company, of course, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf. They invite you to do as I have done, and that's a go to the local dealership. Uh, tell them you're interested in a brand new Ford Ranger and that it has to have a six foot bed, a sunroof, the power rear window. You wanted a couple of two, three extra inches off the ground with some knobbly tires and a trailer hitch and it has to have anti-collision stuff. And it has, of course, everybody, everybody's got the rear uh, view camera now. It's got to have all of that plus a little bit more and adjustable seats that go uh, super high since I'm a shorty so I don't have to sit on a cushion all the time. And guess what? They got it. The Sunbury Motor Company's got the vehicle ready to go. Mike DeFeo says, get yourself down here. He used an expletive, but he says, get down here and pick up your Ranger. But you can go see Ernie and Austin over at the Kia dealership, or Kyle, a new guy down there, or Jeff Clock, or Aunt Mickey Anselmo, or Jason Benford at your Leakin dealer. I think um, you call yourself small, so they have Mini Mike. They call Mike Bloomberg Mini Mike. I'm going to call you Mini Mark. Oh, well, thank you. So I can barely see you over the monitor. Right, and this is you saying that you don't like name-calling, right? Okay, I well, got it's you, it's not name-calling. It's the descriptor. Ah, right. Okay, perfect. Sunburymotors.com. Please check them out. They will help you out and put you in business. On the news line with us now, Jonathan Marks is with us. He's a deputy secretary at the Pennsylvania Department of State. Thank you so much for calling in, Jonathan. We really appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Uh, good morning, Mr. Lawrence. Good to talk to you. And Joe McGranahan is here, too, our conservative uh, co-host here. But He's you can hold the Mr. part. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> He's going to call you. How are name. you doing? We're hanging in there. How about you? <laughs> 
Good, good. Joe's going to call you a name, Jonathan, so don't no, feel I'm bad. Not. He calls everybody he is. a name. I, I'm <laughs> not, I, will not, uh, I will not respond in kind. Don't flinch. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, if folks don't know, the Department of State is the department in Pennsylvania that runs and oversees and makes sure uh, that all of our elections go off without a hitch and that balloting and candidacy and vote counting all happen in a perfectly uh, accurate and legal way. It's, it's the go-to place for candidates and for voters with questions. They set up the timetables and make sure that uh, all of the elections in Pennsylvania are just uh, superlative in every way, and I think they do a fabulous job. So we appreciate Jonathan checking in. We really want to ask about the new idea of mailing in ballots. So if you can walk us through that process, we have lots of questions. And so start out with sure. what's, the, what's the process of mailing in a ballot this year? Well, the process, it's really, it's very similar to absentee balloting. Um, you request a mail-in ballot. Uh, the big difference, of course, is that you do not have to have a reason. Um, uh, you can vote by mail-in uh, ballot for any reason at all or no reason, uh, for that matter. Um, but the application process is very similar. There are ID requirements, so you, when you apply for a mail-in ballot, uh, you have to provide either your driver's license number or the last four digits of your Social Security number. Uh, the County Board of Elections uh, checks those numbers, uh, verifies them against uh, the, the appropriate databases, either PennDOT, um, uh, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, or the Social Security Administration. Uh, if they check out, then, uh, then the uh, county can uh, approve the application. They also check the signature as well in the application to make sure it, it matches the voter record. Uh, and if, if all that uh, goes smoothly, they, they will send out a, a ballot as soon as it's available. So, And the process is very much the same for absentee balloting as well. Uh, the, the other change, in addition to adding this additional option uh, for, people, uh, for people to use uh, to vote, uh, they also extended the deadlines uh, for return of uh, absentee ballots and mail-in ballots. It used to be uh, the Friday before the election. Uh, now ballots can be returned to the county up until 8 p.m. Uh, on Election Day. Um, the General Assembly in Act 77, and all of these requirements are, are, are provided for in uh, Act 77 of 2019, uh, bipartisan legislation that was signed by Governor Wolf uh, shortly before last November's election, as a matter of fact. And it all goes into into place before the upcoming April primary. Um, but uh, uh, so the deadlines have been extended, and you can also um, request to be placed on a permanent absentee or permanent mail-in list. Uh, there, there was a permanent list um, prior prior to Act 77, but uh, it was it was difficult to to get on, and you really didn't get a ballot uh, automatically. Uh, you just got an application for each election, and you had to get a certification. If you were a voter with a disability, for example, an, an absentee voter, you had to get a certification from your doctor every four years. Uh, now you you only have to do that once. Uh, and you you can request um, ballots for an entire year um, by um, signing one single application. So every February, the counties, if you're on the permanent list, will mail you an application. You sign it, return it, you provide the ID information, etc. Uh, the county approves it, they will mail you a ballot, not, not only for the upcoming election, but for any election in the rest of that year and actually through... 
uh, February of the next year if there are any special elections. Well, one question so that's, that's kind of in a nutshell what the process is. One of the questions that came up here is, so, all right, I've got this um, ballot to mail in. What stops me from showing up at the polls on Election Day in my precinct and saying, I'm here to vote? Well, the General Assembly thought of that as well. Uh, and, and we're in the process of implementing uh, uh, changes to our statewide voter registration database uh, uh, to, you know, to provide for the, the necessary requirements in the law. But what the General Assembly did uh, is if you, if you request uh, and receive either an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot um, and you return it to the County Board of Elections, uh, you're not entitled to vote uh, at the polling place on Election Day. Uh, they made that very clear. If you receive your absentee ballot and don't return it, um, or or you know it gets lost in the mail, whatever the case may be, you can show up at the polling place, but you can only vote by provisional ballot. And a provisional ballot is essentially uh, sort of a fail-safe ballot, uh, where you have to sign an affidavit, uh, you know, in the presence of a poll worker. You insert your ballot into a secrecy envelope that. That secrecy envelope then goes into a larger envelope that has that affidavit that you sign under penalty of perjury, uh, and the ballot goes back to the county board of elections, uh, and the board will decide whether the ballot counts or not. So, sounds um, complex. The, it it uh, it it's it is uh, it is complex. Um, you know when you first look at it, but. Uh, provisional balloting is a process that has been in place actually since the Help America Vote Act was passed back in 2002. So it's a process familiar uh, to poll workers uh, at the polling place. It's a process uh, familiar to uh, to county election officials as well. As well, so that way the county has an opportunity. If if somebody did cast an absentee ballot, uh, they can reconcile that with the provisional ballot. Uh, and and they they will not count the provisional ballot. In what way would a, the county election people at the polling places know that you've already voted by mail? So the way we're implementing it, we're um, on the poll book itself. Uh, we are putting very clear information, um, basically in place of in the case of somebody who's already voted a ballot, in place of that voter's name will be an indication that they've they've already voted a ballot. So the poll workers will know immediately. It looks different from every other name on the on the list. Uh, they'll know immediately that the person has already voted uh, by absentee ballot. The other group, the folks who requested one and received one. Uh, but may not have voted it uh, will be equally um, easy to identify for poll workers so the poll workers know that the only way that they're able to vote at the polling place is by provisional ballot. Well, Jonathan, what's the goal in all this? Is it to increase voter participation? I mean, do we think that people have too much to do, they can't get out to the polls on Election Day? I, I think it is, you know, I kind of looking at this, you know, uh, most of the election code was written in 1937, so this is this is literally the most election reform we've had in in 80 plus years uh and uh society is obviously a lot different today than it than it was in 1937 and there are there are a lot of folks that i i use myself as an example now i work obviously at the department of state in elections so i've been voting for absentee by absentee ballot for years because i'm you know usually here at 6 a.m and i i leave very early in the the following morning um, but I live in I live in a county northwest of Harrisburg, uh, a, a county where over 
over half of I think it's I think it's something like three quarters of the people who live in in that county commute to counties outside of that county uh, for work uh, and and often have to leave very early even on a normal day not election day have to leave pretty early to beat traffic on on Route 22 uh, to get down to Harrisburg and I often don't. Uh, don't get home until very late as well, and depending on on traffic on those uh, river routes, uh, you know, I, I might be beating the clock. So, uh, you know, I think it I think it will help people who, uh, you know, in this day and age, you know, work two jobs, they work long shifts. Uh, you know, I also I also use it as as an example. I remember in 2012, I was working at the department then. Uh, and I remember when Hurricane Sandy swept through right before the uh, the presidential election in 2012, and we had um, thousands of first responders that were deployed to New Jersey at a moment's notice, uh, and and those folks didn't have very many opportunities. There's an emergency absentee balloting period, but you know, availing yourself of that when you're deployed in in you know on the on the coast, uh, you know. Um, you know, cleaning up the ravages of, of a hurricane, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. So I think mail-in val- balloting, um, you know, affects a, a broad range of people uh, who, who don't know whether they're going to be available on Election Day or not. Uh, first responders certainly is, is the best example. You know, if you're, if you're in that line of work, you probably don't know where you're going to be tomorrow because it depends on, right. depends on things that are totally outside of our control. How many states have enacted similar legislation? Are you aware of any? Uh, there are a lot of states. Uh, the, the, the movement to kind of mail-in or, or no-excuse balloting or whatever you want to call it uh, sort of started... Uh, you know, out in, in uh, some of the western states, Oregon, Colorado. Um, but, you know, there's a growing number of states uh, that are doing it. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head right now, but I believe it's, I believe it's about half, uh, maybe a little more than half of the states have some sort of option. Now, each state's different. You know, here, of course, we still have traditional absentee balloting. Now we have mail-in voting. Uh, you have states like Colorado where the overwhelming majority of, of voters vote by mail-in ballot. There are, you know, states like that that are all mail-in elections. Uh, there are others that are... Um, no excuse absentee balloting states where you don't necessarily need an excuse. Um, so it's 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 pretty prevalent uh, across the nation. It kind of started, you know, out in the West, but uh, there are, there are states all across the nation that have some form of, um, you know, relaxed absentee balloting or mail-in voting. But these will be treated differently than absentee ballots, right? They'll be counted on election night. They uh, both both absentee and mail-in ballots. Now that they can be returned up until 8 p.m. on Election Day, instead of being tabulated uh, or, or canvassed and counted in the individual precincts, that will be done at the county uh, board of elections. Just like at the local precinct, uh, that process involves a, a challenge process where watchers and, and um, you know candidates and their attorneys uh, can be present when the canvas occurs and they have the opportunity to make challenges to the absentee ballots or mail-in ballots if they believe they're not uh, they're not authorized or they're fraudulent in some way or the person wasn't qualified to vote. Well most of the counties now have some sort of a paper trail electronic voting system uh, kind of guess kind of a quasi uh, paper ballot and computerized counting system. Is this all going to be done by hand, these ballots? 
no, no. The ballots, the the ballots that uh, that are being used in in uh, all of the counties um, for absentee and mail-in voting are going to be. Um, you know, each system is a little bit different, but they they they're basically optical scan ballots, uh, where the voter will fill in an oval or fill in a tar- target mark. Uh, they'll return that to the county board of elections, and those can actually be tabulated with high-speed uh, scanners. Um, so there are, um, you know, if you I don't know if you've ever voted an absentee ballot or voted on an optical scan ballot, but you have timing marks, you have little ovals next to each of the candidates' names. The voter uh, the voter fills them in, and then when it's scanned through the scanner, you know, using the timing marks and the voters' marks, it it can uh, tabulate the vote. So. Uh, so it doesn't have to be done manually. It doesn't have to be done by hand, but it can be if there's a question about the results. Uh, you know, any audits that are conducted on the on the ballots are conducted by hand. And if you have to, uh, if it's a very narrow election, if it's a if it's a contested election, you have that option available to you where you can go back and actually hand uh, hand count the ballots if necessary. All right, last question: how How do you ensure security here? I mean, if I got a glimpse at someone else's driver's license, I could perhaps mail in a uh, a ballot on their behalf. How do you ensure Sure, that that kind of thing, that the person who has that driver's license and that voter registration is the person you're corresponding with by mail. You know, it's it's a combination of, of you know a few things. Uh, obviously, you have the ID requirements. If somebody gets a hold of, of you know that sensitive information, um, you know they could potentially uh, potentially forge a ballot. Um, but uh, there are other other checks in place. Uh, you know, uh, the county is verifying the signature. There's also a lot of transparency. The General Assembly put in, when they, when they enacted Act 77, they enhanced um, the transparency around absentee and mail-in voting. The counties now, within 48 hours, um, have to make publicly available the list of absentee and mail-in voters, and it provides the name and address of the voter, uh, when the application was received, when they approved the application or rejected it, when they delivered it, uh, and when the ballot re- was returned. So, you know, the political parties, uh, even the general public, folks who are interested in, in the conduct of elections, will have that information available to them, and, and they can check that. And the General Assembly also added a, a specific penalty uh, in Act 77 for someone who, who assists somebody in applying for or voting a mail-in ballot that they're not qualified to vote. Uh, so they added some additional additional penalties as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes, uh, thank you, John. We really appreciate You're it. Welcome. Very informative. It's a complex system, and obviously the securities, your hope, are there. So uh, we really appreciate explaining that to us. And, and maybe we can get you back the day after election or two days after the election to tell us how it all went. <laughs> Better make okay. it the Monday I will, after. Uh, I'll, talk to our, I'll t- talk to our communications yeah. director about that. And, uh, we'll get but back it was, uh, it was It was my pleasure to talk to you, and I, I hope you uh, gentlemen have a wonderful day. You too, Jonathan. All thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep in touch. Jonathan Marks, Deputy Secretary of the Pennsylvania Department of State. That's the department that oversees Pennsylvania's elections. Quickie break. We return with open phones and uh, your questions about the Pennsylvania election process. We'll be right back. Hey, guess what day it is? Tuesday. No, it's Hyundai. 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 
Remember, every day is Hyundai. Hyundai! And it's the least we can do sales event going on now at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai! The least we can do is cut the crap and give you low payments and no money down. Lease a 2015 Hyundai Sonata SE for only $237 a month for 36 months with zero down. Zilch. Nada. Or lease a 2015 Hyundai Elantra SE for only $183 a month for 36 months. Again, no money down. Or you could go green. Lease a 2015 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid for $250 a month for 36 months. And you guessed it, zero do it sign. No hidden fees, no plus tax, and blah, blah, blah. It's the least we can do. These cars are here, these deals are real, and they're only at your home for Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury, where every day is Hyundai. Hyundai. Lease is based on 10,000 miles per year, zero total new assignment with approved HMFR Tier 1 financing tax included. See dealer for complete details. Never heard that before. All right, okay. welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. If you have any questions about the Pennsylvania Spring Primary election, the balloting or the mailing don't or the absentee, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't call us. Joe and I stand here neither assured of security nor con- and uh, concerned about efficiency and uh, con- conducting it accurately. Fortunately, around here, uh, we do have just really tremendously uh, smart and uh, uh, forward-thinking people running the elections office in Northumberland, Snyder, and Union. So I have no doubts about that. But I really have doubts about security and this idea of waiting till 8 p.m. to open a bunch of ballots. I, I don't know. I'm concerned about that. And what would prevent me from just getting a copy of someone else's driver's license, you know, somebody who doesn't vote regularly, and uh, mailing it in like maybe it was exposed for a moment someplace? Uh, so I don't know. I got, I got questions. I got more questions. We're, <laughs> we're calling him back. All right, Dale, thank you for waiting a short time. We got a call coming in, and Dale's on the mark. Good morning, sir. You're on the there yeah it's one part of government that i do trust is is counting the you know the votes i mean the only because no one votes really that's basically why i trust them because you know the whole part of government integrity is, is trash because right now they're trying to show socialism and right now i mean just like any time they start mentioning something government, they're going to give it to you. So every time we vote, our liberties, our freedoms, or our properties are going to be, you know, at risk. So right now they're showing you socialism. Well, right now Trump's been pushing so his socialist agenda is working great. I mean, so we're getting some kind of form of socialism. That's just telling you the forecast. I mean, or just telling you. It might not be that extreme, but we are getting your properties, your freedoms, and your liberties. Every time you vote... You know, you're you're voting my liberties, freedoms, and properties away. So I'm just saying, I do they do have some kind of integrity, but every every part of government, all right. Right, FBI, they're all in the trash. Gotcha. Thank you so and much. And then there's the bar yeah, association on, on so, top so of this, it. This, 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 Joe, Joe, go to racist. Have to answer to another rapist, Joe. I have no idea where you're going with that. Okay. I don't have any okay. idea how well, to answer who it. Represents, who represents our government is it the people or is it the bar association it's the bar, the bar association right, we got that, we that's, know that. Easy, that's an easy we one. know that to be true all right mike you're on the mark thank you so much for calling in oh you're welcome uh, based on the conversation we just had with the uh fellow from harrisburg on the mail-in ballots did he mention whether they would be available for the primary elections or just just general elections primary including this election. he said every election you can get it for every election Wow, because I'm just wondering when, when we get to Pennsylvania, there's going to be a point where some of the people may not be in the running. Or how many names are they? Get? Yeah, to me, it sounds kind of. 
the primary, but hey, I know who I'm voting for in the primary, so it doesn't matter. And, <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, they have to I, submit their petitions before we know how viable they are. So the the names will be on the ballot. I unless they can withdraw their name, I think there's a certain period of time you have to take your name off the ballot right. before the election. So if somebody actually drops out and still has time, they may file to take their name off the ballot. But otherwise, everybody who filed will be on the ballot, whether they're still an active candidate or not. Oh, okay. So there's going to be some names that people aren't even going to recognize. I got you there. And then the other question I have is, uh, when these ballots come out, did he say anything about, are there, is it going to be postage paid, or do we have to put our own stamps on them? I think you're on your own stamp-wise. I don't think the government's going to stamp your, your letter. Because you well, have to... Maybe not the government. Maybe not the government, but you know, Mike Bloomberg last night said that he he bought twenty one congresspersons in the last election, so maybe he'll buy my stamps. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't word it the precise thing. Oh that yes, way. he did word it. That oh, way. did he? He, he bought did. Them. He said, "I bought." He didn't. I don't think he I meant bought. to say it, but he said, "I bought." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that, that, that was <laughs> what a gaffe. in my mind. That should be devastating to him. Uh, yeah, good, good point. It's not funny. I didn't even hear that. Okay, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for calling in. I thought he was shooting at something like I bought advertising or I bought. Uh, and he accidentally said I. Bought <laughs> he said them. I bought twenty-one cars. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, AP's out with some fact checking. One of our listeners uh, sent us a few more of them, so we'll go over the Democratic debate in our next uh, segment here. Uh, one of our listeners sent us a note. Uh, says, "Good morning. Is there a way to check and see if you're registered?" to vote before going to vote and the way to do that, you cannot do it online, but you can do it at your county election office. You just have to call them and they'll tell you if there's a person by that name and address on the rolls. Now, they wouldn't have to, they wouldn't be able to guarantee that uh, that's you on the phone, but they would say, well, yes, Mr. Mark Lawrence is registered. He's a staunch Democrat. He's the smartest voter in Norrie or something like that. If he voted the last time, and he's continued to vote, there's no reason to suspect he wouldn't be continue to be on the rolls. If he hadn't voted for a number of years, he may have been purged. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't see purges happening around here very often. Don't they? I, I think they do, but when they do, they're, they're sort of publicized. So I, I haven't heard of any purges around here in a while. But aren't they supposed to do it after so many years? I think it's five years five of years. non-voting. Lawrence's worthless memory. All right, we're going to keep this discussion going, but thanks for the text. Uh, thanks for the emails. We're going to look at those. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, thank you, uh, Dale and Mike. We appreciate the call. We'll take more comers during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll have news headlines and launch into open phones. Rob Center is our fabulous producer. Mr. Joe McGranahan is our co-host. I'm Mark Lawrence. This is On the Mark on WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out, sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565, 1-800-795-9565. We had an expert on Pennsylvania's spring primary election in the mail-in balloting system, which uh, by Lawrence's worthless observation is neither secure nor efficient, but... Uh, 
uh, we're going to be doing that uh, coming up, so we'll appreciate your comments on that. Call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. You can text us at 70236. We would very much uh, love to hear from you on this topic. Plus, we're going to do some analysis and or conversation about the Democratic uh, debate that was held uh, last night in advance of the South Carolina primary. I think seven candidates were there. And uh, so who do you think was the big winner last night? We'd love to hear that. Who won that debate? I guess uh, who did not win? Who should have done a lot better? What's your I view on that? I got all that right here. Oh, you I'm have? Ra- you I'm know ready. these. I'm ready yeah, Joe knows yeah, everything, <laughs> as always. All right. So we're going to talk about that momentarily. First, some brief news headlines. Volunteer firefighters from two communities were called out to try and save homes that went up in flames Tuesday night. In the first blaze in Middleburg, crews made a good stop and prevented more destruction, but a Union County home was destroyed. First fire around 7.30 p.m. on Main Street in Middleburg. The family escaped safely. CSR 911 says one family was displaced by that fire, and that fire is under investigation. Second fire, 9.30 p.m. on Sunrise Road, White Deer Township, Union County. That fire dispatched as having possible entrapment, but no one was home at the time. That house, which used to be a log cabin, is now a fully occupied home. Uh, It was destroyed in that fire. Sunbury Mayor Kurt Garlovich was on the road Saturday night with more of his caring awards. He attended the Sunbury Firemen's Banquet and presented both the Sunbury Fire Department and the Sunbury Fire Police with caring awards. Okay, so the Caring Awards presented to organizations and people that go above and beyond like the Call of Duty that are actually um, contributing to the betterment of our community itself. About 200 people were at the banquet at the Sunbury Social Club. They had a very uh, bad MC at that event. In addition to the over 100 Sunbury firefighters and fire police, the banquet was attended by U.S. Congressman Fred Keller, several Sunbury City Council members, fire chiefs, fire police from neighboring communities, uh, Sunbury solicitor Joel Weiss, numerous other leaders and volunteers. Dr. Uh, Dunnigan was there, so we got to see him again. Uh, there were awards, swearing-in ceremonies, and a 2019 compilation video showing the many calls and training sessions uh, that uh, featured the city volunteer fire crews. President Donald Trump and his chief economic advisor say coronavirus is no more than a common cold and is under control in the U.S., even as the government's top disease fighter warns Americans to prepare for the outbreak. The mixed messages come as the stock market slid Tuesday for the second straight day, and lawmakers on both political parties question whether the White House's request for $2.5 billion in virus response funding will be enough. The message from U.S. health officials has become more urgent as they work to educate Americans about the risk. The president yesterday reassured Americans saying the coronavirus no worse than a common cold and uh, is not harmful. And if you are driving in Kentucky and you see a vehicle with the license plates that reads I'm God, you can applaud. Uh, You can feel free to do whatever you want because it's not the real God. It's Ben Hart, an atheist, who finally won the right to display the tags, and in doing so, a judge in Frankfort, Kentucky, ruled that the state transportation department in Kentucky has to pay more than $150,000 in legal fees. Hart uh, spent uh, all that money to win his case. State officials denied the request because they felt the I'm God plate violated anti-discrimination rules, but a federal 
federal judge ruled in November the vanity plates are free speech protected by the First Amendment and that Hart's rights were not being violated, or were violated, rather, when his, uh, when, uh, uh, his plate was denied. He finally won the right to do so, plus KDOT, I guess that's the name of Kentucky's Department of Transportation, has to pay his legal fees, 150 grand for that. That was expensive. That was <laughs> quite expensive. Well, that uh, we're going to get into this later, but the woman that's fighting for their right to be topless in her own home is uh, she's she's out of money, so she's not fighting it anymore. So she's going to plead guilty to a lesser charge. So there you have only to avoid being put on a predatory sex list for ten years. Right. So she's going to stop. <laughs> well, but she could fight this further if she had the funding to do so. <clears throat> right. She should. I think she should too, or the ACLU should step in on behalf of her. But that's another topic. We'll All get right. to that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We would very much love to hear from you. Now, four percent of the people who get the coronavirus, I, I did some math in my head, and this is the limitation of my math skills, I assure you, 4% of the people who get coronavirus die. So for that percentage, it is fatal. Um, Obviously. Uh, okay. So um, <laughs> there's 25 full-time and part-timers who work here. So from September to May, one of us will die if we get the common cold. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, it's been years. It's been. Oh, uh, I got a better one for you than that. It's been 20 years since anybody died right. on staff here. From last night's debate, uh, our good friend Joe Biden, let's find this here. Joe Biden said that 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. 150 million? 150 million, he said. Wow, Biden, I didn't even catch that. That's Biden vastly overstated gun deaths. The Census Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports about 413,000 gun deaths from 2007 to 2018, a far cry from 150 <laughs> million, which equates to close to half the U.S. population, more than half. Half of the gun deaths in 2018 were from suicide, says the CDC. His campaign acknowledged that he misspoke. Isn't that funny that 413 is nothing even like 150? Like He just made well, up this huge number. I saw a story on the, on Fox News this morning on their website saying that perhaps uh, the, the doctor f- who gave uh, President Trump the cognitive test has suggested that uh, Biden would benefit from having one, too, <laughs> because the other day he announced at a South Carolina rally he's the Democrat candidate for the United States Senate. Oh, he's the candidate. The oh, candidate for the United States mind. Senate, right. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, let's I told it. you he's a gaffe machine, so we're going to, this is just the beginning. Does the word befuddled ring a bell? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. When you get to be 80-something and you're running for president. Well, he's not 80-something. He's 70, 77. 77, yeah, or 76. Somewhere in that neck of the woods. But some of the other facts last night. So he misspoke. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He misspoke. Some of the others last night, the fact-checking Bernie Sanders. Sanders said, what every study out there, conservative or progressive, shows Medicare for all will save money. Not true. Some it, says, studies, it says AP is the uh, fact checker here. Is it? I, all right. This is from Trib Live, which I assume well, is the Pittsburgh that, Tribune they Review. They use the AP's fact okay. checking. Not true. Some studies say that. Some don't. Sanders, a Vermont senator, cites a recent Medical Journal article in The Lancet, which estimated Medicare for all would save more than $450 billion annually, or about 13%. But other studies have found a Sanders-like single-payer plan would cost more, partly because free health care would increase 
increase the demand for services. A study last fall from the Commonwealth Fund and the Urban Institute estimated that such a plan would increase national health spending by about $720 billion. A RAND study estimated spending would increase 1.8% under a national single-player plan. Amy Klobuchar said, I am the author of the bill to close the bo- uh, the boyfriend loophole that says that domestic abusers can't go out and buy an AK-47. Biden says, I wrote that law. Klobuchar, no, you didn't write that bill. I wrote that bill. Biden, I wrote the bill, the Violence Against Women Act, that took guns out of the hands of people who abused their wife. Klobuchar, okay, we'll have a fact checker look at this. Biden, no, let's look at the fact check. The only thing is that the boyfriend loophole was not covered. I couldn't get that covered. You, in fact, as a senator, tried to get it covered, and Mitch McConnell is holding it up on his desk right now. Now for the facts. Klobuchar, a Minnesota senator, correctly called out the former vice president for seeming to take credit for legislation closing the boyfriend loophole. Biden conceded the point, then correctly pointed out that the loophole has not been eliminated in the law. In short, Biden did write the legislation that became the Violence Against Women Act, one of his most prominent achievements. The 1994 law sets out services and specific protections for victims of domestic violence while Klobuchar took the lead in the Senate on legislation passed by the House that would extend the law's protections to help women who are threatened by abusive partners who are not a spouse, ex-spouse, or parent of a common child. And there's more of these. We'll give you a break here, but we invite folks to call in with reaction to the debate and the fact-checking by APs. I tell you, they got a cottage industry going here fact-checking the Democratic candidates. I am candidates. a candidate for the United States Senate. Oh, wait a second. I'm running for president. Half the well, country's been killed by gun anybody violence. Anybody could do that. I mean, that, that's... Half the... 120 million? For... <laughs> Well, obviously, no, he's he's a gaff machine. There's just no doubt about it. Well, and he's not going to get the nomination. You know, he's barely even in the running anymore, so he's more of an asterisk. Even if he wins South Carolina, but Super Tuesday is going to have him for lunch. What was terrible last night is the, the, and the CBS moderators are getting panned roundly for losing control of the debate. But, I mean, there were points where they're all, every seven, all seven people on the stage were screaming and waving their hands. Yeah, but people uh, don't understand. It it's was very, immature very and childish. That. People don't want to listen to you. These are grown-ups in front of you that are ignoring your command to stop. So it's easy to lose control of a debate. I have done it in person. I've done it on the phone here. It's very. It's harder than it looks. So I've people done criticize many of them, you but I've it. never lost control of one like that. Well, you and never I don't believe you have either. No, you never had one like last I night. I had a very hotly contested congressional one a few years back. Not like this. It was <laughs> bad sorry, enough. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Don Sherwood I would have stopped. Chris I would have stopped it. I would have just said, hold it. We're not going any further until we adhere to the rules of the debate. You will wait your turn. Okay, and you'll observe your time. But I guess they all pointed, went over last well, night. Well, someone pointed out, well, and even Joe Biden said, I guess the only way to do this is to just yell at the top of your lungs and keep talking way past your time. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're, going to have, if you're going to have debate rules and the candidates sign on to them, they should be held responsible for following them. But somebody pointed out this morning that who among the media wants to be the person who may be criticizing the next president of the United States? 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. we got a slew of emails. We'll sift through those. Uh, I don't believe we have any texts. 
here. Uh, yeah, no, not yet. Stan must be working today. So, all right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We would love to hear from you. Call us. That's our open phone. We're just looking for some reaction uh, to the presidential debate uh, last night that was held uh, in South Carolina, and the Democrats were hard at it. <laughs> and if they couldn't get their point across, they all just spoke all at the same time. So I should have brought that. CBS had like a. Uh, it's almost a, like a. 30-second cut of them all talking simultaneously. You have no idea. The moderator's voice is in the background, too, and saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. It's like a beat in the background. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Call us immediately on these uh, good topics. 1-800-795-9565. Hey, guess what day it is? Tuesday? No, it's Hyundai. Hyundai! Remember, every day is Hyundai? Hyundai! And it's the Lease We Can Do sales event going on now at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai! The Lease We Can Do is cut the crap and give you low payments and no money down. Lease a 2015 Hyundai Sonata SE for only $237 a month for 36 months with zero down. Zilch. Nada. Or lease a 2015 Hyundai Elantra SE for only $183 a month for 36 months. Again, no money down or you could go green lease a 2015 hyundai sonata hybrid for 250 a month for 36 months and you guessed it zero do it sign no hidden fees no plus tax and blah 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 it's the least we can do these cars are here these deals are real and they're only at your home for hyundai sunbury motors hyundai, hyundai. In the north 4th street auto plaza sunbury where every day is hyundai, hyundai. lease is based on 10,000 miles per year zero total do it signing with approved hmfr tier one financing tax included cd for complete details Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. What he said. Good morning, Billy. Thank you for calling in. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning. I'm going to have to agree with Joe this time and disagree with Mark. I, I do think I do think that the moderators could have done a better job of controlling the debate. They They fed into it. When those candidates were up there interrupting themselves and talking over one another, they would not only stop, the moderators, I mean, would not only stop and listen <laughs> to what the interrupter would say, they would then respond to what the interrupter said and and call on someone else to respond to the interrupter. So they, they were just completely going along with the fray. And, man, was it ever a fray? I, I never saw a debate like that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, CBS has a, a cut of them. For, it's probably 25 seconds. I didn't time it or anything. But they're all talking simultaneously. There's this cacophony of voices. You can like occasionally pick one out, but you hear the moderator. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. It still reminds it. me of what it. still like reminds me of what Will Rogers once said. He said, "I don't belong to any organized political party. I'm a Democrat." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you, Billy? What do you think about Russia's involvement in supporting Bernie Sanders and uh, supporting President Trump and fomenting division? This is something that I'm sure you, you've given some thought to. Well, can I make one other comment about? Oh, the sure. Yeah, please go right ahead. Me off of yep. that. Go ahead. Yeah, the the other thing I wanted to say was that I thought that Elizabeth Warren and the Democratic Party revealed a little bit of the irony of their position on abortion last night when she brought up about Mayor Bloomberg supposedly telling a woman years ago 
uh, who got pregnant that she needed to kill it so that she didn't have to take time off work. Now, supposedly, the platform of the Democratic Party is that, you know, a baby that hasn't been born yet is just a piece of tissue. It's a piece of tissue that they can do. They can do medical test cell for body parts, do medical testing on, cut off like a hangnail. And honestly, if, a, if one of my employees came to me and said, I'm going to have to be off work because I have a hangnail, I'd tell her to clip it clip it and say it work. So if the Democrat Party really believes that a preborn baby is just a piece of tissue that can be discarded, sold, used for testing, whatever you want, for no reason at all, then what what's all, why was why did she have all this uh, rage supposedly that Bloomberg would dare to tell a woman this. It just it exposes that they don't really believe that. In 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 reality, in their heart, in their conscience, they know that preborn baby is not only human; it's a person, it's a life that's being killed, and that's why she took all of this umbrage at him use, supposedly using the phrase phrase "kill it." Well, I think you're talking about what individuals versus the party. The party platform is that as part of women's reproductive rights, they, abortion certainly is on the spectrum. But you're talking about an individual. You don't know what the woman who did that legal filing, what her politics are, how she feels about uh, the fact that she was pregnant or about abortion. We don't know, and we certainly know how Mike Bloomberg feels about it. So, you know, he's now exposed. If he actually said that, of course, he, he says he didn't, but nonetheless, he probably did. Well, checking the fact check thing, it says uh, Garrison says she. This was the woman who uh, apparently filed this charge in a legal proceeding against Bloomberg. She said that she responded that her marriage. Uh, she was asked by how her marriage was at the water cooler, or coffee machines by Bloomberg. She said it was great, and she was pregnant with her first child. And alleged that Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg replied, "Kill it." Bloomberg has denied that the exchange happened, but in her complaint, she transcribed a voicemail. She says Bloomberg later left on her voicemail apologizing and saying he meant the kill it remark as a joke. Her complaint was eventually settled as part of a lawsuit with no admission of guilt, and she resigned from the company. I don't think he does say kill it was a joke. I think he said he was making a joke and she misheard, but he never said that is what his denial is. Pretty much like he's saying. Well, she's saying, saying he's stage. saying apparently that he said it, but meant it as a joke. I've heard the transcription. It's not, not or that. I've seen the transcription. I, I didn't read that into it. But regardless, he's obviously, he thinks abortion is okay, and the woman felt insulted. That much is clear, and he denies having said killed it. Well, uh, Elizabeth, it. Elizabeth Warren has said she thinks we need a constitutional amendment protecting abortion. <clears throat> so she she obviously thinks abortion is just fine, and that's that's the irony here. She on one, out one side of her mouth, she says, you know, this is just tissue, and I'll, and out the other side of her mouth, she gets all upset because someone supposedly said kill tissue. Well, the heart of that is, of course, choice. If a woman wishes to have an abortion, then she should be permitted to do so. If she does not wish to, she should not be asked to kill it by anybody. 
that's the case. I, I, you know, I'm I'm just explaining to you what, how, how these folks would explain this away if they were present here. <laughs> I'm a, not a good <laughs> spokesman for the Democratic Party, and you know, this is like President. Uh, or I'm Keep sorry. going. We're going to have another Trump rally in a minute. Well, this is like uh, uh, Congressman Keller says: the left is interested in destroying our energy independence that we happen to enjoy right now. Well, I'm on the left. I'm a Democrat. I don't feel that way. You know, he pointed out four key things that I guess Bernie Sanders stands for that. I don't stand for. So all of the Democrats in the 12th district don't stand for the things that uh, uh, Congressman Keller says we do. Billy, we'll let you wrap up. Please go right ahead. We'll give you the last word. Well, I, I just, I haven't watched any of the Democratic debates before last night, so I have no idea if the others were as <laughs> What I saw last night was, I thought it was horrific. And I thought it just, it's a sad day for America. If that's the best the Democratic Party can produce are those candidates on that stage. Um, I, you know, I've, I've not been shy on this program in, in years and months gone by that I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump. I support him as our president. I think he's done some really good things. I don't like a lot, you know, several things about him, but. I think it's a slam dunk for him in this election because that those candidates that were on that platform last night, they're just completely, they're like zombies. Well, they may not be the best Democrats can provide, but you're surely not here saying that President Trump is the best Republicans can do. No, I, that's my point. I, I don't think... I, I, I don't think he has a chance of losing against any of those candidates. Right. Well, with half the country already dead from gun violence, as Joe Biden tells us, it's possible the rest of us will be gone by election time anyhow. Uh, yeah, I've, I've predicted President Trump. I've lamented President Trump's re-election for some time now. And what what do you call the Democrats? The gang that... Uh, the Seven Dwarfs? No, the gang that couldn't shoot. Shoot straight, yes. Shoot straight. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Billy. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in today. Always good to Take hear care, from Billy. you. Take care, Billy. All right, uh, Bill, Billy Allred has been an occasional guest co-host here in the past as well. Uh, he's an elected leader in our local community. All right, we want to do another fact check here and then take a break or, oh, yeah, or, or email or wherever you think we ought to go. Well, we have Dick's email. He said, no okay. secret, this president has no qualms of picking fights with literally any and everyone that disagrees with him on almost any given issue. Intelligence agencies, at time military commanders, politicians on both sides of the aisle, and yes, on occasion, even a Republican. Media, news reporters, leaders from other countries, lately his attorney general, now several justices of the Supreme Court. This is one fight he might want to rethink. Other than Justice Thomas, I don't really think the justices serving won't protect their own. As a separate branch of our government, being lectured by the president might not sit well. Unlike congressmen and women, they are not up for re-election. They have job protection. And Dick throws a little jab in at me. Biden misspoke. Thankfully, as we know, Joe, you have never said anything or said something that is not true, at least in your own mind. We're going to do the best of best of Joe. Uh, well, I, coming I can back. tell you what the average estimated population of the United States is. And when I heard that Biden number, I knew he was way off base. Yeah. You know, so you would think that a guy who wants to be president of the United States would have some rough idea how many people live here. 
Did the president pick a fight with the Supreme Court yesterday? Well, the Supreme Court picked a fight with him. Sotomayor came back and kind of made an insulting remark about the president and the fact that the uh, conservative justices tend to stick together. But, you know, the liberal justices stick together. So, you know, what amazes me is when it's the liberals, oh, it's okay. They're all thinking independently and arrived at the same decision. But it was conservatives. Oh, they're all marching in lockstep, blindly serving this terrible president. 1-800-795-9565 one 800 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You might as well do this. This is the last fact right. check. Then we'll take a break. Mike Bloomberg responding to Elizabeth Warren's demand that he lift non-disclosure agreements for all women who sign them. We are doing that, Senator, he said. The facts? He hasn't done that. Bloomberg agreed to release three women from non-disclosure agreements in situations where they specifically identified an issue with him. But many more former Bloomberg employees have signed such agreements, having to do with the culture and work environment at his company. He hasn't freed them from their obligation to stay quiet about their complaints. All right, I think that's all the fact-checking AP had to offer up. There's more of it online, so you can look AP online and you might be able to see the rest of it. one 800 is our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. We have some more emails to read and uh, open phones. We'll talk about a topless woman out in the Midwest has uh, given up the ghost. She's going to put her T-shirt back on and uh, try to stay off uh, the Megan's Law list. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. We're enjoying open phones. Joe McGranahan is here, good local conservative co-host. I'm Mark Lawrence, bad liberal. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, producer super neutral in Politics all of these. Politics unknown. Right, uh, super neutral across the board, so we appreciate that. Just fabulous producers, all we need them to do. So uh, we're glad for that. Uh, call us now, one 800 795 9565 is our telephone number. That's 1 800 795 9565. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1 800 795 9565, the open line. Uh, Mike is uh, back on the line. Good morning, sir. Thank you so much for calling us today. You're on the mark. Hi, how are you today? Hanging in there. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, um, comment about the debate. I, I watched the debate last night. Um, I don't think anybody was really a winner or a loser from that because it was just too confusing, too out of control, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, I like Bernie Sanders. I think under his thinking, more people would get a fair deal in our our society. I think the establishment parties, Republican, Democrat, are pretty much bought and paid for. Um, And, you know, something has to be done to shake that up. And I'm not saying Sanders is perfect, but, uh, and you know, they always go out of their way to kill off any third party attempt. I mean, you just can't get into the game uh, unless you're a Bloomberg. And even if you're a Bloomberg, they come at you with daggers. So uh, I'm going to vote for Sanders and hope that he does the best and, uh, not perfect, but I think the establishment parties, something has to happen to them because they're, they've sold us down the river in so many ways that, uh, you know, something has to be done. Do you think Bernie would run a third-party campaign if he doesn't get the Democratic nomination? Uh, I don't think he would. You know, he's never, been, he's never been a Democrat. They like to say that all the time, but they did count on him to caucus with them forever. They did count on his vote. And he didn't always go along with it, so um, 
I can recall in Pennsylvania when I think his name was Romanelli was running as a Green Party candidate against uh, I forget who it was at the time the well the Republican and Democrat but the Democratic Party did everything they could to keep him and Nader off the ticket so I called them the undemocratic Democratic Party <laughs> I mean that's that's the kind of nonsense we have to deal with uh, they just you know it's either their way or the highway. And uh, but I stay. I am a registered Democrat because every now and again somebody comes up I can vote for. But I really gave up on them when Clinton came in. I just didn't like Bill Clinton, and I was right to not like him. Uh, and you know, ever since then I've tried to vote for whoever I thought was best. But I stay a registered Democrat. <laughs> well. So. Good impeached Democrat. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate your call. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Have a great day. Oh, yeah. Oh. 1-800-795-9565. Go ahead, Joe. One of our emailers, Doug from Lewistown, says, After watching a little bit of the Democratic debate last night, or at least as much as I could stomach of it, I'm not sure Russia needs to even try to meddle in our election. They couldn't possibly make it more of a mess than it already is. <laughs> very, very interesting observation, Good Doug. <laughs> Hard to argue with you. And then another person sends in a note, uh, says, According to Biden, half the U.S. population have been killed by guns since 2007. I feel lucky. Those were terrible odds. <laughs> half of the U.S. population. Uh, let's see, and then one more. And uh, please ask local farmers if Trump's trade war is good. And Trump said he had a health care plan four years ago we have never seen. And I agree with that. We haven't seen the health plan. Nope, we haven't plan. seen it. We've seen tiny bits and pieces of it, but then they give up the fight right away. As for farmers, I think most farmers are f- favoring President Trump. As, as I only know a few farmers, but most of them are uh, pretty staunch Trump supporters. And they are hurt by the tariffs. But then uh, President Trump came up with the uh, farm fair, war, uh, welfare for farmers to uh, offset the expenses that they've incurred because of the tariffs. He's going to have to come up with some kind of a plan, no matter who the Democratic candidate is, they're going to harp on health care. I think that's going to be one of the biggest well, issues. I think they'll have particularly plenty of if things the coronavirus, to Well, particularly if the coronavirus becomes more of an issue in this country, uh, health care is going to be something that everybody's going to be top of mind aware of. So he's going to have to come up with something. The old axiom in politics is you can't beat something with nothing. And right now the president has displayed nothing other than his assurance that uh, pre-existing conditions will be covered. That's the only thing he stated outright that I can remember. All the while, his lawyers are fighting, even in court this very day, to make sure that all of Obamacare is gone, including coverage of pre-existing well, I conditions. I think what he's saying is that, yes, we've got to get rid of Obamacare, in his opinion, and then, but whatever we put back in place will have pre-existing condition coverage. We just don't have a plan yet. <laughs> well, you I know, they could displace Obamacare if he would reveal his plan. Now, he doesn't have a plan. I mean, that's the reality. But the fact is that, you know, now would be the time to to reveal it. But I think, you know, the president will be vulnerable on some things. Health care is one of them. You know, Mexico is not paying for the wall. I mean, you can come up with a number of, uh, you know, issues that you think this president hasn't done or promises that he's broken or promises that he hasn't fulfilled yet. I don't think that's going to be a difficult. Or you could just use his uh, propensity to just describe them things as he <laughs> thinks they are rather than how they really are. You know, but that's, no, so but far, that's his prerogative. People love that. So far, Vincente Fox, the former
former president of Mexico is correct when he said, we're not paying for a stinking wall. <laughs> oh, is that a, that's a good quote. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, uh, so I think, you know, I think the president's going to be vulnerable in some of this, but most people vote with their pocketbook. They, you know, they say that they're not doing t- too badly. I know a lot of Pennsylvania farmers who were big Trump supporters in the first, in 2016, and they're going to, uh, they certainly aren't enamored by anything they've seen on the Democratic ticket that would change their vote. Well, and our friend Dick points out that I did leave something out, and he's absolutely right. I did. Not intentionally. It just, we moved on in the discussion, and you, I think you said something. But the president suggested that Justices Ginsburg and Sotomayor recuse themselves from any cases that involve him or his administration, and I think you, I think primarily, Dick, it was his administration, not him. Hence him continuing, picking a fight, the rest of the story that you left out. But he did suggest <laughs> that, and that's wrong to suggest. Right, and he only wants his favorite judges to hear the cases, right? Well, you know, a judge can be asked to recuse themselves if they have a bias. I don't think what Justice Sotomayor said equates to a bias. I think she was pointing out something that she felt, and but interestingly enough, she wrote a dissenting opinion on the issue involved, and no one else signed it. Even the other liberals on the court didn't co-sign her dissenting Do opinion. Do they typically have multiple signatures yes. on a dissenting opinion? Yeah, if it's five to four, sometimes all three or three or four of them will sign. Sometimes and how often one. is there a single dissenting opinion, just one individual's well, any, opinion? Well, there could be four dissenting, separate dissenting opinions if they how all felt something. How often does that occur? I don't know. I'd you have to analyze it. every Supreme Court decision in the last hundred years to tell you that. But every justice has the right to write an opinion, whether it's dissenting or affirming. Sometimes there's a second affirming opinion. Uh, who are the big winners and losers? According to Fox News, you had a, a piece last night. Yeah, it was very interesting. Night. They looked at it. Uh, let me see here. The uh, winners. The big winner was... Just read winner, the first sentence. We biggest winner, Bernie Sanders. Sanders walked into the debate as the front runner and walked out as the front runner, and that makes him the likely nominee if he does well, as expected on Super Tuesday. Winner, Elizabeth Warren. The strategy Warren employed Tuesday night is the one she should have been using for the past month, saying that while she holds similar positions to Sanders, she can turn those ideas into reality and get the job done. See, I think she's holding her own, but I don't think she's doing this fabulous performance that everybody else sees. I mean, she's okay, but I, I, I don't I find her. her annoying with her hand gestures and her kind of <laughs> condescending attitude. <laughs> so, that was funny you had mentioned that. It was, they did a side view of them yesterday, and uh, when some of them were answering, you know, most of them have their hands. Joe Biden uses his right hand to make because her hands are flying, flying up and down. Time, this. Yeah. But that's her way. So, But anyway, she I don't think she was a big winner. I, she certainly held her own. She reminds me of the guy who sells coins on Saturday and Sunday morning on Home Shopping Network. Oh. Uh, he's got these are, are magnificent hand gestures that <laughs> drive me nuts. I, mean, I, <laughs> like I can't, directing I can't listen to what he's saying. He's I just watch his hands. Another winner was Joe Biden. Biden had his best debate performance when he needed most. His performance should reassure South Carolina voters, and that will help Biden in the primary Saturday. Hopefully not all half of the people in South Carolina were killed by gun violence. (laughs) Um, Biggest loser, Mike Bloomberg. At one point during the debate, as it went to the first commercial break, Bloomberg checked his watch. This was reminiscent of President George H.W. Bush during a debate that marked the end of his chances to defeat Bill Clinton. (laughs) You know, nothing's worse than saying, like, how long do I have to be here? Well, but what's wrong with checking to see if it's getting close to 10 o'clock? I mean, that's your goal. That means you're standing 
standing there for two hours. They got it's no probably bathroom past breaks. His bedtime. No rest. No, but they did. They did. They took a uh, break halfway through. They oh, could did have they? gone to the restroom. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's when I went to the restroom. Another loser was Pete Buttigieg. Once again, Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, delivered a serviceable debate performance with his well-packaged talking points and lines, but it didn't change the challenges he faces in the upcoming contest with voters of color. Another loser, Amy Klobuchar. The New Hampshire debate is now officially a one-hit wonder for Senator Klobuchar. Her performance in the two debates since that night fell short of that one, and so too will her prospects in the remaining contest as a result. And for the final loser was Tom Steyer. Like his fellow billionaire Mike Bloomberg, Tom Steyer has an endless reservoir of money to stay in the race. It has done little to improve his debate performance, but it has put him in contention for third place in South Carolina. That hurts Biden, Buttigieg and Klobuchar, but it doesn't help Steyer, but it does help Sanders. Mm, okay. So there you go. Oh, it helps. Well, I see what you're saying. Well, I thought he was going to do a little better last night. He seemed to be, he's kind of gathering a tiny bit of momentum, but uh, we'll see. I don't think that, you know, you should be able to buy this election, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. I, I have a problem. Is he not meeting people and doing rallies and well, I don't know, but I got it. Who was it that said the uh, last week that uh, I think we make a mistake if we replace one arrogant billionaire with another one? That's that may Elizabeth have been Warren. Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> You know, so we have two angry billionaires running on the Democratic side, <laughs> one angry billionaire running on the Republican side, except they don't want to call Trump a billionaire when it suits their purpose to make him sound like a fool who uh, was bankrupt all these times. If they call him a billionaire, they've got to admit that he's been successful. Right. Well, that's the that's the dilemma with risk takers. Sometimes you're bankrupt, but the rest of the time you're a billionaire. That's all true. Right. 1-800-795-9565 is the open line. Uh, we have a story about a woman who uh, went top in front of some of her stepchildren and got charged with open lewdness. We're gonna, that case has now been decided. We had talked about that months ago, so we'll give you the last word on that particular one. So we'll talk about that shortly here on WKOK. Your view on the debate would be fine. Anything else you'd like to discuss, feel free to give us a buzz. Should a woman be able to go topless in America? Maybe you have an opinion about that. Call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com or text us at 70236. Hey, guess what day it is? Tuesday? No, it's Hyundai. Hyundai! Remember, every day is Hyundai? Hyundai! And it's the Lease We Can Do sales event going on now at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai! The Lease We Can Do is cut the crap and give you low payments and no money down. Lease a 2015 Hyundai Sonata SE for only $237 a month for 36 months with zero down. Zilch. Nada. Or lease a 2015 Hyundai Elantra SE for only $183 a month for 36 months. Again, no money down or you could go green lease a 2015 hyundai sonata hybrid for 250 a month for 36 months and you guessed it zero do it sign no hidden fees no plus tax and blah 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 it's the least we can do these cars are here these deals are real and they're only at your home for hyundai sunbury motors hyundai Hyundai. the north 4th street auto plaza sunbury where every day is hyundai Hyundai. lease is based on 10,000 miles per year zero total do a signing with approved hmfr tier one financing tax included cd for complete details the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We had too much replay. I'm sick of all the stoppages. And I'm sensing a lot of the fans feel the same way, too. They're just sick of the game constantly. Oh, here we go again. Great. All right, another one. And the NFL is going to regret the day that they voted yes on pass interference. 
They're going to regret it. The Steve Jones Show, 3 to 5 weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK and on the WKOK app. We got one call waiting and another one coming in. We are wrapping up our On the Mark program for Wednesday. It is, let's see, what's today's date? The 26th day of February 2020. 1-800-795-9565 is open. On the Mark at WKOK.com. Open. And text is 70236. Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, guys. Why, on the debate, I agree with Fox. I think Bernie won because he stays right on target. He always had the same message. He stays right with it. And wouldn't it be interesting if he could debate against Trump and, and, uh, for the election? But I think what will happen, no railroad Bernie out of there the democratic party's upset that he's gaining so much because they don't think he could win the national election but you know a lot of times i call trump genius and i i never have to take it back because trump spent 70 million dollars out of his own money and won the election here you have Bloomberg getting up close to a half a billion, and he's losing. And I don't know how much Starr spent, but he's losing. But the genius of Trump, they think they think they call him a madman, which is so far from the truth that it's laughable. He just is able to manipulate them. To make him think he's a madman, therefore he get he got all the free media time he wanted. He he just he's outsmarts them every time. And, you know, no matter what he says is a little controversial, they go with it. They run. They carry the ball for him. In other words, he's quite the spectacle, and people like to see a big show. But you're right. That's that's why he got a lot of coverage when he was running for office. But look look what it did for him. It helped him. You know, yeah. he, he got his message out thanks to people, the media who was flabbergasted that he was advancing and, and winning delegates. Right. Yeah, it was funny to watch that compilation of all the people who said Donald Trump would never be president. <laughs> all those leading that's, Democrats. Yeah, that that's it. They they were crying. Boy, they were crying the night he won the election. They were they were all beside themselves. And like I said, I was crying too, but mine were tears of happy joy. <laughs> happy, happy joy, joy. That an in, independent man could win, and that sort of is where Bernie is. He's an independent thinker, and the Democratic Party's really <laughs> upset about it, as was the establishment Republican Party was upset with Trump. They couldn't believe it. Well, with his but, with his kind words about Cuba and Castro and the uh, achievements of that administration, his kind words about Nicaragua and some other countries, you know, everybody's on the left is always saying President Trump loves all these strong men, these dictators. Sounds like Bernie's enamored of them, too. All right. Thank exactly, you so much, Dan. Exactly. As President Obama said, he's the 
the Democratic Party's too woke. They're going too woke, even for President Obama, who was probably one of the most liberal presidents we ever had. It's too far woke. For him. All right. Thank you so much. You Appreciate the call. You guys have a great week. You too. Good talking with you. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. I think the Republican Party is a little too blind from keeping their eyes closed. <laughs> but, they just uh, like to be in charge. The idea that Bernie likes authoritarian government is is totally ridiculous. Oh, yeah, right. Just praising Castro. That's totally ridiculous. He said he did one good thing. Oh, he said more than that, Chris. You should have okay, heard the entire thing. <laughs> and then he attributed he improved the health system and education of his country far above what it was. And he then made he made attri- it a right of the people. And then he said he he was only quoting Barack Obama, but even Obama, when you look at the actual quote, was very strong in his condemnation of Castro and his regime. And he uh, he has opposed the authoritarian, the imprisonment, and the anti-political prisoners, and everything like that that Castro does too. He's condemned that. He got booed. And and, and, and who has praised uh, the uh, who has praised uh, Putin? Well, I don't know, but Bernie who has praised Putin. Bernie honeymoon okay, there. It. Bernie so honeymoon the there. Uh, he's uh, he's he is incompetent. And he's a crook. Bernie, I agree. The definition of truth is if I want it to be true to help me, it is true. That's what I say. He he announces what he he announces what he believes as being true. If he thinks something, he says that's the way it is. Not what he believes. What helps him? What he believes helps him is true. What he believes hurts him is false. And a definition like that—that's what he uses. And if you you can't. Trust anything he says. I'm surprised so to hear you talk about Bernie really this way. Like the virus. Say that again, Joe. I said I'm surprised to hear you talking about Bernie that way. Yeah, right. You put your head back in the sand and close your eyes because <laughs> obviously you don't know how to listen. Hook the funnel. But anyway, <laughs> you, you look at look at what he's done with the coronavirus. What's Just he like done? He's, he's, he's stripped the. State Department of Independent Thinking and Truth Tellers, and the Justice Department, he also did that to the protection from viruses, from from viruses. Obama had it set up. He took it out in 2018 because, you know, uh, 10 foot of an airplane or uh, 3 inches of wall were more important for that money. And so now we have a, we don't have the infrastructure to deal with it. We don't have anybody in his administration who knows anything about it. And on the same day, he he tells an Alabama congressman that, oh, he was completely against these people move, coming into the country with the virus. Did you get a swine flu shot, Chris, back in the day? I... Uh, I don't understand what that has to do. Well, I'm just asking if you got one, because that was a big thing. The government was going to save us. The swine flu, we were going to get all, get, all had to get vaccinated. Turned out to be not as bad as we thought, and many pe- more people were injured by the Guillain-Barre syndrome that came from the vaccine. And a very small percentage of that. 
compared to the risk that it wouldn't have been. Well, I'm just saying I don't but, think but the jury said... Look what happened with El Pobo. Uh, uh, look at the other one. What the other one? one? from Africa. All right, we'll continue what, this what conversation did, did tomorrow. Trump do? He, uh, he, he criticized Obama for letting people in the country, even though the scientists said it was okay. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate the call. This is WKOK Sunbury.